Hey friends, welcome to the Collide Midweek Podcast. These episodes are recorded every Wednesday night at our midweek gathering for those of you who may have missed it or just want to hear it again. We hope that the following episode encourages you to know, grow, and go in your faith. To Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 35. Let's go ahead and get settled in. Please, if you've got anything that's distracting you, put your phone underneath your leg, put it underneath your chair, um, turn it off. You're going to use it for the outline on you version. That's perfectly fine. Make sure you use it for only that. Or if you're taking notes, we've given you space on your outline. You can thank me later, but your outline is just front tonight, Quentin. Just front. Okay. The whole back is open if you want to take notes um, and put some uh, whatever God leads you to write down on the back. We're going to jump back into our miracle series. Um, the text tonight. So beautiful. And it's so fitting as we go into a weekend, this weekend, that's built around helping you grow your faith. Maybe it's a weekend where it's a dividing line in your faith where you're never the same. That's what we're praying for. I see my friend, sweet Valerie, in the back that, man, she's got an army of people that are praying for you guys this weekend. For a mighty move of the Spirit, for, for that revival that you see in, in Kentucky, why not here? Why not in high school students right here in Rockingham County, North Carolina? Guys, I need you to lock in. I know that you're maybe here for another reason, but God has you here to hear His Word tonight. I need you to focus. I need you to be serious. You have an outline and you have a prayer card. If God leads you to write down something, one of the students just pulled me aside during one of the worship songs and said, hey, I need you to pray for my dad. He's really going through something hard. Tell me, write it down. You have an army of prayer warriors that want to pray for you tonight. Write it during small group tonight. Give it to your small group leader. This morning, I started my morning... Like most mornings, in the Word of God, hearing from God, cup of coffee, one dog stretched around my neck, the other one on my lap, (laughs) cup of coffee, in the Word of God. Mallory's getting ready, Matthew's getting ready, Tracy's off a little bit before everybody else, and dropped off Mallory for FCA at McMichael at about five till eight, and then normally I go with her to FCA, either at McMichael or I come to the Moorhead one. When my children are involved at the FCA at their school, I want to be there as much as I can. So you guys at Moorhead and um, Reedsville, and uh, if you're at Rock, I'm coming to see you guys in the morning, so I'll be speaking there in the morning. I'm excited to come see you guys there, but I just feel like I was there with Matthew, and I really want to be there with Mallory too, but I told Mallory this morning, I can't come to FCA this morning, baby. I got something that's, that's more pressing. Um, and I went to the hospice house of Rockingham County in, in Wentworth. One of our amazing 11th grade guys leader, Matt Flores, his mom is dying of cancer. And it's so imminent that they moved her to the hospice house. I don't know if you guys have been there, but man, what a remarkable place. Just the care and the love that those folks receive there. And obviously, 
receive the same type of care and love in a hospital, but there's just something unique. There's eight rooms, eight beds, and Matt's mom is there. And so I get there, and Matt's in there with his sister, and he just starts crying when he sees me, just weeping. He's been up all night. Shane had been with him uh, up until about mid- midnight, and... Uh, Just watching somebody, like I was trying to put myself in those shoes, like I was trying to think about me being in the same room with my mom if she was dying. Matt would be the first to tell you he hasn't had a great relationship with his mom. But when he found out that she had cancer a couple weeks ago, he went to the hospital in Greensboro and he made things right with his mom. He asked for forgiveness and she asked for forgiveness for things. And you just saw a different look upon his face. And here's what I told him next. I said, does she know Jesus? And he said, I don't think so. And I said, you need to share the gospel with your mom. That's the most important thing. And so the next night he went. And for an hour he told his mom about Jesus. And we, we should get Matt up here sometime to share his story. But man, Matt was as far away from Jesus years ago. And God led him to this church. And guess what weekend he led him to? He served at D-Now like six years ago and changed his life forever. He said 400 teenagers in one church worshiping Jesus. Man, what am I doing with my life? Completely changed his life. God was already doing some things. But I watched this man just weep over his mom this morning. They said 24 to 72 hours. What do you do? when you know you only have that much time left. And then my heart goes to this. Tomorrow night at 11.45 p.m., Matt will load his bride up in their car and they will go to Greensboro to start the induction of their next child. Okay, so in one city, his mom is dying. And then in another city tomorrow night, he's going to what? God's going to bring new life into the world. Now you think about the emotions that Matt is going through right now. His mom that brought him into the world and all these emotions. And man, just even if it's hard, man, that's your mom. We prayed about that this morning. He said, man, that's your mom. And I know you love your mom. And he said, I love my mom, even though things are hard. And I'm talking to Bethany on the phone today. And she's telling me about tomorrow night. Friday morning is 36 weeks. Bethany's had some complications. 36 weeks is the weeks that they wanted the doctors, they wanted to wait to, to make sure that they, the, the baby stayed in there and just developed as much as possible. So at midnight, Friday morning, tomorrow night, they'll start the induction process to bring a new child into this world. And guys, you think about the space in between those two things. The end of life and the beginning of life. Like life is so precious, but here's the thing we need to think about tonight is like death is coming for everybody. And I know that's not a great way to start a sermon, but when you see what happens in the text tonight, when a guy has this imminent thing going on in his life, there's one thing he does and there's one thing he asks for. And what does Matt want more than anything for his mom to know Jesus? Why? So that she'll live forever in heaven and he can see her again. If not, what happens? separated from God for all of eternity. Now guys, 
High school's hard, and man, we're going to get to things in high school tonight. But guys, what matters most is life. You get one chance at this life, and you make it count. Or otherwise, what? You get to the end of your life. Look what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 12. The end of the matter, not on your outline, on the screen, all has been heard. Solomon had everything, man. As much money as you want, as, as many uh, uh, mansions, as many, whatever, man. Solomon had it. He gets to the end of Ecclesiastes. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep His commandments. This is the guy who had everything, man. He could buy whatever he wanted to. He had as many wives as you. Everything that the world would say, your status is what? You're, you're something. And he gets it down to the end and he said, here's the duty of all men, men and women. You fear God, that's what? That's your heart posture. The only way that you're going to live a life that matters is when you go what? God's God and I'm not. And then what does he say? Keep his commandments. Why would you keep his commandments? Guys, stay with me, please. Don't, don't, don't look around. Don't. Guys, this text tonight is going to blow you away. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Man, two things. One of the hardest things I have to do as a pastor is to do funerals. And when you go to a funeral, what happens when, they, when, men, when that person knows Jesus? They're not in that casket. They're with Jesus. But what happens? Tracy and I were just at the um, man, graveside and we were looking for a family member that we love. And w- w- what's always there? There's a dash in the middle. When they're born and when they what? When they die. And you and I, God is sovereign and he's provident over everything, man. But what? You and I get a choice in what we do with the dash. You get to what? You get to either fear God and keep his commandments or you say, whatever God, I'm going to live this way, life the way I want to. I'm in charge and I'm going to do what I want to and live life to the fullest. YOLO, you only live once. Garbage. You were made what? You were made for God. And in this text tonight, you're going to see that there's three characters. But before we get there, why would I say all of that? Because you guys, most of you, and here's what I know. Not all of you are going to the weekend. I wish you were. Man, find a way to get there if you, if you need to get there. But here's the thing. The majority of you are coming to the weekend, and you need to know why. Is it just another weekend? Why would we do it? Is it just to entertain you? Is it just to do silent disco? Is it just to feed you great food? Is it just to partner with a bunch of college kids from up the road? No. You know what? When I was a teacher, when I started my day, I always told my students, here's what we're doing today, and here's what I expect of you. This is the why behind why we do the weekend, and this is what all the prayer team is praying for you this weekend. Our why behind the weekend. We desire for students to have a radical collision with the love of Jesus this weekend that they would never be the same. We desire to see students take one step closer to Jesus this weekend. Before you even show up Friday night, now you know it. Now you know behind every little detail of why we do, why is that fun, why is KB wearing that, why is this, everything revolves around that why. And what is involved in that why in every sentence is what? The name of Jesus. Tonight, in Mark chapter 10, we're going to see the story of three blind men. 
Now you're going to read the text and go, wait a minute. Two of them aren't blind. But that's, let's read a little bit further. Mark chapter 10, verse 35. We set the stage. Jesus is on his way through Jericho to Jerusalem. Guys, look at me for one sec. The gospel of Mark is so beautiful because it's so fast. And then guess what it does? Mark hits the brakes at what week? What's coming up in April, man? Easter. Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Man, Super Bowl for a Christian. Your Savior was crucified for you. And three days later, he rose again. And your Savior is in this text tonight. And he's going through a town, but he's headed to Jerusalem for you and for me. He's headed to the cross, but before he does, look what happens. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Now you guys know James and John, they were disciples. Look what these two guys do. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Let's just stop right there. Man. There's going to be two questions tonight in the text. These two guys ask it the wrong way, and then one guy asks it the right way. Look at this next line. Jesus just being humble and kind. What does he say? What do you want me to do for you? Underline it, star it. You're going to see it again. They start with, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit on your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. They've heard Jesus talk about the kingdom. What's going to happen? You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together. Guys, get this. He huddles them up. Remember, he's going to the cross. He's going to die for these guys right here. He huddles them together. These guys are the guys that he's going to send out to change the world. And what does he say? You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Right? People that just have authority. They abuse that authority. They make people do things for them. That's not God's people. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. Here's the great line from Mark chapter 10. Man, I love this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Guys, you think about this. These two guys who have been watching miracles and watching Jesus do this. Man, guys, remember I told you there were three blind people? It's Nowhere in the text does it say that James and John are blind, does it? Write this down. James and John come to Jesus with entitlement. They were both spiritually blind. They come with this posture of, look at me, the kingdom's about me, me, myself, and I, right? And God says, no. Jesus says, that's not how things work in my kingdom. My kingdom is upside down, and what? The last will be first. You must be a servant of all. Remember a few weeks ago? You before me. Jesus teaches them this, right? 
man, they want it. They come with entitlement. Look at me. We've been hanging with you. Hey, when we get there, can we kind of be right hand and left hand, right, when you set up your kingdom? That's how we want it to be. And Jesus says, you have no clue what you're asking for. This cup of bitterness is what? He's going to die. So as a Christian, we're going to have suffering and we're going to have hard things. And then he says what? Be baptized with the baptized that I have been prepared. All this is what? There's got to be a change. There's got to be a death. There's got to be a new life. There's what? You go down into the water. You guys know when we do this at baptism, what? You, you come up, you're a, different, you're a new person. The baptism doesn't save you, but it's a picture of what Jesus has done for you. And Jesus says, do you realize what you're asking for? And they say, yeah, we think we can do that. Jesus huddles them up and says, no, you're missing it. Guys, Mark's gospel is known as the discipleship gospel. True disciples do certain things. Guys, these two guys, the kingdom of man had blinded them. You think about this. They're so blind, they've got the Savior with them, and the Savior's going to the cross. In just a few verses before this, Jesus predicts his death for the third time. The Son of Man will be betrayed, and He will what? He will go into the hands of sinful men, be betrayed. Guys, and they what? They miss it. They don't understand it. They have kingdom of me, kingdom of self. They're blinded. And teenagers, before you go into this weekend, this whole world screams at you, kingdom of self. It's all about you. You do whatever you want to with your life. It's not God's kingdom. And then Jesus tells the story. Mark, here's the beautiful thing. Is that Mark slows down right here at a certain man with a certain heart posture in this text. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd, large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, underline it, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging, underline it. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, circle it, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him. Be quiet, man. Don't, don't, he doesn't have time for you. And told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. Before we go any further, did you see something in the text that should make you stop in your tracks because Jesus did something for this man? Jesus stopped and said, Call him. Remember, he's going through Jericho. He's going to Jerusalem. He's going to the cross. But he does what? He stops for this man, for this faith, for this thing right here. So they call to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet. He's calling you, throwing his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Here's the question, guys. What do you want me to do for you? Same question, different what? Different posture of the man who asked for it. The two guys that got it completely wrong, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? The one guy that got it right, same question. What do you want me to do for you? Now look, guys, you could not get further from the request of these three guys. Remember what the two guys that were blinded, all about me? Hey, Jesus, when you get there, remember me. I'm going to be sitting right next to you. And Jesus says, you don't understand what you're asking for. You're blinded by the world. This guy, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. 
the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight, followed Jesus along the road. Praise be to God. Guys, this is the living word of God. It's living and active. It happened thousands of years ago, but it impacts your heart. I love God's word. I love Jesus. I love you. This is hard stuff, but man, this is the Jesus I wish I knew in high school. No one told me about this Jesus. I just read stories about him. No one said, look at this text and look what he did for this man. Look at what he cries out. Bartimaeus says, Jesus of Nazareth. Remember? He's heard. Guys, can you get this picture in your mind? He wakes up on a normal day. You don't know where he slept. It doesn't say in the text. All right? But this is a town that a lot of people would have come through. Jericho, going to Jerusalem. There would have been a lot of traffic. So Bartimaeus gets in his spot right by the gate to what? To do what? It says that he's begging. He's just trying to get money. He gets there. Can you guys get this picture in your mind? Can you hear the footsteps shuffling by? No one pays him any attention. No one looks at him. No one throws any money or anything towards him. And then he begins to hear this kind of rumble in the crowd. More people start coming. And then he hears that it's Jesus of Nazareth. And man, he gets so excited. This is no ordinary day. And what does he do? He does not miss the chance to cry out for mercy. This is Jesus. When he says Jesus of Nazareth, he's what? He's heard that there's one that can heal me. And his name is Jesus. And he's coming. I'm go- I don't care who tells me to be quiet. And then he says, son of David. Guys, this is so important. This is a messianic title for Jesus that means what? That Jesus, that God is going to come from the line of David and a king is going to sit on his throne forever. Look at 2 Samuel 7. From the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel and I will give you rest from all your um, enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make a house. When your days are fulfilled, um, let me read it from the thing because all my thing is messed up here. The Lord declares to you that the Lord will make a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise you up an offspring after you. Who's this? This is Jesus, who shall come from your body, and I will establish your kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men, but my steadfast love will not depart from him. Guys, this is Jesus. That Jesus will come from the line of David. Look at the next one in Isaiah. For for, to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and we shall call his name. You guys know this from Christmas. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Why would, would blind Bartimaeus say this? Because he recognizes that Jesus is the Messiah that everyone's been waiting for. And he's the one that's going to take over. And he's the one who can save. And he's the one who can heal. And he's the one who can do something for me. And then there's two words in the text, guys. Somebody needs to hear this tonight. Jesus stopped. Students, when you call on his name, will he stop for you? Yes. I think back to my life, when I called on his name, he stopped and he met me exactly where I was at my deepest point of need. Jesus stopped. Maybe that's the two words you focus on tonight in small group. But man, as I've been studying this week, 
I can't get over that. This is a man that everybody else disregarded. Everybody but Jesus. Be quiet, Bartimaeus. Nobody wants to hear from you today. He doesn't, he's got, Jesus has got too many things to do. And he says, call him. When he saw the faith of this man, he said, Jesus of Nazareth, son of David, have what? What's the word? Mercy on me. Write this down. Bartimaeus came to Jesus with desperation. He was physically blind, but he left spiritually healed. Guys, it's such a beautiful portrait of a disciple. This man who's blind, he's a beggar, right? Here's what the Old Testament said about people that were, that were born blind. As you guys remember, there's a text in, in, in the Old Testament that says, who sinned? Who sinned, his father or his mother, that this man would be born blind? And you remember the text that says, no, he was born that way to bring glory to God. So you got blind, he's a beggar, and people think that his sins have made him this way. People want nothing to do with this man. And Jesus says, that's my kind of guy right there. Because he comes with what? He comes with desperation. He comes with, man, he offers nothing to Jesus. He can give nothing to Jesus. And he comes with everything. Here I am. Have mercy on me. Here's everything about me. Here's my heart. You can have everything. And the end of this text just blows me away every single time. The ultimate question for you guys tonight, students, is what do you want Jesus to do for you? I've left you space at the bottom of your outline and you've got the whole back of this and you've got a prayer request card and I pray that you take some time tonight. Guys, please listen. Please listen. I told you the why behind this weekend. There's two verses that the prayer team is praying over you guys all weekend long. Here's the first one. We are expectant for God to move and we know He will this weekend. Ephesians 3.20 Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to His power at work within us to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Guys, we are expectant for a mighty move of God this weekend and we are praying for you. And then here's what the prayer team is praying. The same verse that you read tonight. Here's what every prayer team member is praying for you this weekend. And I wrote this to them in my prayer journal to them yesterday. I want my students to see. I want my students to really see Jesus for who he is and to forsake everything else to follow him. Students, do you see? Can you see? Are you blind to the things of God? Are you walking into this weekend going, you know what? I don't really want to go. I don't know why my parents paid for me to go. I don't really want to be there. I don't think God's going to move. I don't think I'm going to like those college students. Some of my friends aren't even coming. Or are you asking God to see this weekend like you've never seen Him before? Remember what we started with. A man with his mom who's dying. What does he want more than anything for his mom? To know Jesus. 
And then the same family brings a baby into the world two days later. What do they want more than anything for, for baby Collins when she comes? To know Jesus as her savior. Guys, what else matters? What did Bartimaeus need more than anything? What did he ask for? He asked to see. Now look what Jesus did. Guys, this is the most powerful part of the text, and I hope you didn't miss it. Students, do you want to see? Until you see yourself correctly, you will not see Jesus rightly. Until you see Jesus rightly, you will not follow Him wholeheartedly. Students, leaders, myself included. We need to see our sins, see our Savior, cry out for mercy and follow Jesus. Do you see this beautiful portrait of what a disciple looks like in what? This beautiful picture of faith. This man has a need that he can't get met anywhere else. He comes to Jesus, the one who can meet that need. Jesus is available and offers him that need. And now look what happens. This should change the way you look at Jesus forever. Look what it says in the ESV. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well, and immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Now, did you see it? This is a different translation, but look at the two words. Not on your outline, just look. Before you go to group, just look. Students, I want you to see. Do you remember what Bartimaeus asked for? What did he ask for? He asked for sight to be able to see. One of your questions in small group tonight is this. If Jesus gave you what you asked for, what you wrote on that line tonight, would you still follow him? Look at what Bartimaeus did. Jesus says, go your way, which means what? Hey, Bartimaeus, you're healed now. You can go that way. And Bartimaeus does what? And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on, what does it say, students? Two words, the way. Guys, this is the Christian life. Do you want to see, students? This is what? This is the Jesus that I wish I knew in high school and nothing has changed in 2,000 years. When you call out to Him, He stops and He sees you and He what? And He changes your life forever and it's worth it. Guys, when we're blind, Jesus gives us sight. Guys, we are poor beggars until He saves us. Guys, do you see how beautiful this is? Do you see the miracle? You remember in this miracle series? is Jesus has been doing these miracles, but what's the miracle? The miracle is Jesus. The miracle is a changed life. Bartimaeus says, I got my sight and I'm going to go this way. I got what I want to. And what does it say? It's not what the text says. He says, I'm going wherever that guy's going. There's only one man that can change my what? It says, what does Jesus say? He's healed twice. He can see Guys, imagine this. Man, this is so beautiful. Before I pray, look at me. If you don't hear anything else, look at this. It doesn't say how long Bartimaeus has been blind. The first thing that he sees when he opens his eyes is his Savior. Man, praise be to God. And what does he do? He doesn't go, you know what? I need to go back to my town. I kind of need to get a job. Hey, there's this person that that wronged me. I need to go get back at him. He says, I'm going wherever that guy's going. Students, that's our prayer for you tonight. 
That's our prayer for you this weekend, is that you would have this radical collision with Jesus. You would see this love. You would go, what? I am broken and lost without him. And he offers me forgiveness and healing and grace and mercy and love. And what? He offers me life. Real life. This world is garbage. Satan hates you. He wants to destroy your life. He does not want to have, what, a generation of teenagers that love the Word of God, that love Jesus, and just radically love one another. I see it in this room. I feel it this weekend. A mighty move of the Spirit of God through teenagers to say, no more complacency. I see it at my school, head down. Guys, The prayer requests that me and Valerie and the prayer team have been praying over from you guys the last three weeks, they make me weep. They're so honest and so beautiful. But man, guys, the things that you are struggling with, man, we love you. And man, we're praying for you. And please keep writing them down. And please keep praying. Why? Because Jesus stops and he loves you and he listens. And he wants to help, and that's exactly where he wants your heart posture. So Kieran's going to put it up. This is your bottom line tonight. One more time. Until you see yourself correctly, you will not see Jesus rightly. Bartimaeus knew that he was a sinner and he needed mercy. Yes, he was blind. What was the greater need? He needed his sins forgiven. Until you see Jesus rightly, you will not follow him wholeheartedly. If you don't think you need Jesus, you're not following him in high school. I guarantee you. When you see your sin, you see your Savior, you cry out for mercy, and you follow Him all your days. That's the proper response. Thank you, Jesus. That you love all of us. God, thank you for this beauty. I can't wait to get to heaven and hug my friend Bart. He will not be blind Mar Bartimaeus anymore. He will have that first part taken off his name. He will just be Bartimaeus and he's my friend and I can't wait to hug him because he's just a beautiful picture that changed my life of what? You have a desperate need. There's one that can meet that need. His name is Jesus. He offers it freely to all who come to him and then he just says, follow me. Your best life is lived when you follow me. Father, I love my students. This is my why. Father, I don't know what the students wrote on that line. What do you want Jesus to do for you? Maybe it's something just really, really practical tonight. Tests coming up, this or that. Um, One of my parents is sick or a grandparent that's in um, hospital or I'm nervous about this weekend or I want you to change my home situation. God, I know you hear all of them and you love them. And you stop and you listen to each and every one of them. This is the Jesus that I wish I knew in high school. Kind and compassionate. He stopped for blind Bartimaeus when no one else would. Thank you, Jesus. Students, that's the Jesus worth following. That's the miracle. This man regained his sight and he could have gone any way. He said, your faith has made you well. Go on your way. And he said, nope, I'm going on the way. I'm following you, Jesus, all the way to the cross. You are my savior. You're the only one that can change my life. And I pray it for this generation that they see their sin, that they see their savior and what? They see forgiveness and mercy and grace and then they forsake all else and follow Jesus. God, would there be a a mighty move of the Holy Spirit this weekend? This is our why. This is why we have Collide. This is why we have small groups. This is why we love the word of God. This is why we love the gospel. 
students have an enemy. We have an enemy that hates us, that does not want us to love God, that does not want us to see this Jesus. But this generation is different, and I believe in them, and I see a mighty move of the Spirit happening this weekend that's going to spread like wildfire in every high school, in every county around here. Praise be to God. Jesus, show off and show up through every leader in their incredible small group conversation tonight. And here's the most amazing thing as we end this prayer. This KB is blind Bartimaeus. I was blind, I was a beggar, I was on the roadside, and when I cried out for mercy, Jesus stopped, he lifted my head, and he said, I see you, Kevin. Do you want to live? Come and follow me. And now I've forsaken all else, and I live with radical joy. Why? Because you forgave my sins, you put a new song in my heart, and every student on the sound of my voice, you can have the same thing. You are blind Bartimaeus, you are on the side of the road, you're desperate, you need help. And Jesus offers it to you, and then he just says, come and follow me, and we're going to walk this life together, and I'll never leave you. Speak to our leaders now, in Christ's name I pray, amen.